season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. This episode is sponsored by 22Bet. 22Bet is your one-stop shop for all your sports betting. Download the 22Bet app today and enjoy its easy-to-use interface. The app is fast and reliable and completely intuitive. The sign-up process is short, and the sign-up process is remarkably quick. There are lots of products, including slots and live casino betting. Mark your favorites for quicker access to your preferred sports leagues and teams. 22Bet is a huge selection of payment methods as well as options for cryptocurrencies. And transactions are fast and no additional fees apply. Take advantage of your 100% welcome bonus for your first-time deposit. 22Bet has some of the highest odds on all the sports you're interested in, along with excellent coverage of sporting events, including local leagues. Terms and conditions apply. Please click the link in our podcast description to get started. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, football faithful. Welcome back to another episode of the Double Doink Podcast. My name is Brendan Deek. I will be your host today. Thank you for tuning in. Greatly appreciate it. And also, be greatly appreciate if you can hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast. We are live on Apple, Spotify, you name it. We are there. My co-host, Derek Warner. Is joining Eric. I want to ask you a question. Are you a quarterback win guy? Like, do you think that's a stat? Like, when you're evaluating quarterbacks, I personally do put value in the stat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also somebody who puts value in wins and losses and pitcher stats in baseball, which is even more outdated yeah. than football. So, I'm probably not the right guy to ask. Um, but I've seen that debate going online about is it really should you hold a win and loss versus a quarterback considering it's a team sport and stuff? And you know what? They get paid the big bucks. They get paid the most money. So yeah, I'm going to put the stat on them. Alrighty. So how about this one for you? Um, career winning percentage as a starting quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, five, seven, four, he's 27 and 20. Deshaun Watson, five, six, he's 28 and 22. Yeah, no, I know. I, I knew about that yeah. before the game because <laughs> the main rip on the Bears is, oh, you could have drafted Mahomes and Watson. And I it really bothers me when people include Watson in that because, yes, we could have drafted Mahomes. We <laughs> should have drafted Mahomes. I, I feel like, no, what wasn't Watson the right pick? Like, no, but like, there's not one person who's preparing for that draft who had Mahomes or Watson ahead of Trubisky. No, I, yeah, I but, I, that. I, like, but I feel like I feel like Watson just won the national championship. There was a lot of buzz around him. I don't the Mahomes thing. I don't agree with at all because he was such a project. Like I, I don't think taking him at two when they ended up was the right call. But my point is, I feel like Watson was. And if you take a look at just again the win, the win category, they're right there beside each other. Like, they're the exact, they're yeah. basically identical winning percentages. Yeah. It's true. So, but that's actually also something how I take about the Mitchell Trubisky draft that not a lot of other people think about is Mitchell Trubisky wasn't the worst pick in that draft. Like, yeah. Leonard Fournette was pick number four oh, overall. James Robinson for the Jacksonville Jaguars, an undrafted rookie, just hit a thousand yards this season. 
while Leonard Fournette is getting healthy scratch. Yeah, healthy scratch, yeah. So that pick was a disaster. Mm-hmm. I believe in that draft, John Ross was number nine. Yeah, that was a bad pick. <laughs> that was a bad pick. <laughs> there, was, there was a few of those. Um, so- even, even if you want to look at quarterbacks taken in the first round, even specifically top 10 in NFL history, like, there's there's guys that are way bigger parts than Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, no, exactly. And look, he. I want to ask you this question. Like, he, look, if you guys are the Bears, before we get into, of course, last night's game, um, Bears. What Bears win big against Houston? Their offense looked great. Um, Coach Matt Nagy comes out uh, on Monday in a press conference and says the recent success of Mitchell Trubisky is real. Like this is this is a changed offense. This is a changed quarterback. The benching really helped them. Bears are six and seven, I believe. You got three games left. You got the Vikings, Jaguars, and then Packers to finish it off. Um, is this team going to play? Like, what's your opinion on this? They look pretty good. I don't know. Houston defense. Yeah, Houston yeah. defense is terrible. Um, it's going to be this week. It's it's this game against the Vikings because I think that the Jags is going to be a win, and then. Packers week seventeen. Packers should be resting yeah, everybody. That's what I was thinking. They could be. They could be starting a backup. I don't know who their backup is, but it would be Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. They, Jordan Love, yeah, buddy. Jordan Love. Is he I don't even think he's. Yeah. I think they have a red shirt basically for the year. Yeah. So I don't know what form of the Packers you would see in week seventeen, but I think nine and seven is definitely feasible for this team and if they get to nine and seven they should be in the playoffs that's just the way the nfc is shaping up right now um so we'll see but let's talk about games that mattered and good games that we had so one of the i think game of the year bar none last night um that's it between the cleveland browns and baltimore ravens um 47 42 is the final score of course a lot of controversy going on at the end of that game because the spread was Three in that game. So if you had money on it, um, either way, um, with, with the spread that was set by sportsbooks, you you either lost money or won money on the last play of the game. I was in the loser category. I believe you were also in the loser category. Of that. Uh, many people that we're talking to were. Um, but I was just talking about the generic general game. What was your kind of output on it? I'll, I'll give you mine after. Like, what was your kind of big picture look at this game? Um, my big picture is. I think the Browns can contend in the AFC. Yeah. And I know that they, they still lost a game at home, but I think that the Ravens are a very tough matchup for the Browns. So if they were able to just hang with the Browns, that tells me that they're – I think they're legitimate contenders in the AFC because they I think they match up better against other teams. Um, Ravens play a lot of man coverage, and the Browns were forced to throw the ball into one-on-one situations I thought too often that's not their game they like the bootlegs the basically throws that Baker Mayfield has a very very high percentage chance of making I still don't think Baker Mayfield has a high percentage of chance of making a successful throw when he's got one-on-one against Marlon Humphrey you could see you could kind of see there was like this this kind of blimp in the second quarter third quarter where they were kept trying these man-to-man routes and you could see that it wasn't working Landry's wasn't being able to get separation looked like people's Jones was the only guy that was kind of able to get some sort of separation but But no it was actually what happened was Jimmy Smith got hurt and then once Jimmy Smith got taken out they had a backup corner and I believe his name was Harris and they were still running the same man-to-man team. So once they started getting one-on-one coverage 
against Harris, a cornerback they could beat, they started moving the ball. But when Jimmy Smith was in that game, if Nick Chubb wasn't moving it, the Browns were moving it. Yeah, no. Um, and look, I, I, what I took against both these teams are legit contenders in the AFC, in my opinion, if if they're on their game. And I think both these teams are somewhat on their game on the offside of the ball, on the offensive side of the ball yesterday. But like look at Lamar Jackson's stat line, it, it kills me. What, 11 of 17, 162 yards and touchdown, throwing the ball. And I think 120 of those yards were on two plays. Like, so yeah. I think like two big passing plays kind of won them that football game. And look, that's all you need when you have him at quarterback because he's able to scramble around. He's able to get people open once he's able to get out of the pocket. Like, cor- corners can't cover guys for longer than five seconds in the NFL. Like, it's not going to happen. So people are able to get open. Look, it happened with Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. You just had guys, like, you just had them just kind of, once once the Mark's going to roll out there, then they go back up forward. And another thing, too, the Browns corners were injured, so they had backups in there. So that was a huge problem. You could kind of notice on the Mark Brown one, like, that Mark Brown shouldn't have been able to get open at the end. That was a, that was a plump in coverage. But I, I, I took from it that both these teams are very good. And it was a major Mayfield interception away from basically the Browns win that, that, that interception was killer. Um, and they, he has to limit those mistakes. And it can he? I don't know, but he's played pretty damn well. Besides that, that interception was basically the only blimp on his on his past two games. In my opinion, like he's been rock solid. That was his yeah. only. That was only misstep in his last like month. Yeah, like five games even that interception. Um, Baker's playing all right, and like I said, I think the Browns match up better against other teams that don't have a, a very good. Ravens have a very good run defense. Any team. Yeah. Like, a mediocre to lower end run defense. The Browns really can impose their will on Ravens are a very difficult team. They couldn't impose their will on them and they still hung with them. But yeah, I got more credit. Ravens. They've been, I've been down on for the last month or so. I, I said they weren't going to make the playoffs. I think if they lose this game, they weren't going to make the playoffs. Yeah. It's actually a little side note. It's crazy. In the AFC, they expanded the playoff. They expanded the playoff teams this year. And you actually somehow need more wins to make the playoffs in the AFC. Yeah, I do. I didn't even think of that. And you did last year. So 9-7 wasn't getting the Ravens in. So they needed that one last night. But I think the Ravens, they're, they're a contender in the AFC still. Like, there's no defensive player that's high enough to play Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. He, he's always going to be a matchup nightmare. And he can always just dominate a game. Lamar was flipping all over the place. Yeah, it's but crazy. he still ran for how many yards you say he ran for? Like, yeah, it was 124, I believe, on in total. I have to double check that. But he was running wild. 124 yeah. yards, nine carries. Yeah. <laughs> like as long as they have him and that defense, they're gonna they're gonna be in games. So basically, what I learned overall from the AFC this week is it's the Chiefs and everybody else is. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea from two to like. Two to seven in the AFC, anybody can beat anybody, and then it's the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I think that the Steelers are clearly have a lot of issues, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Like they can't run the football whatsoever. Like they have no running game. I don't know why either. Like Connor's not that bad. Like and they have a great alarm. It's something's like I don't. I can't. You know who the offensive coordinator is? I don't have it on the top of my head there. Like, well, I don't get why they're not trying to scheme up run game with him because like, I know the play action game doesn't work with Big Ben because he's, he's slow and mo- like he's not very mobile anymore so the play action game is tough to use with him because he can't really kind of get out the pocket on bootlegs and whatnot so that's why you can kind of see them tailoring this offense to him just being a statue in the pocket quick throws quick throws quick throws 
Well, Buffalo proved it. If you just take away the quick throw. Well, I think part of the reason why the run game's not going is because safety when you're playing the Steelers, safeties don't have to be that far off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Every throw is under five exactly. yards. So your safeties are basically helping in the run game because they have no worry about the deep threat. So yeah. I think that the Steelers really got exposed this weekend um, offensively because, like you said, they can't run the ball. And then the big play in that game was a pick six that the corner was sitting on the route. He saw the route seven times yeah. already <laughs> in the first quarter. Exactly. He's going to dump it eventually. Yeah. So I agree with you. The Steelers' offense is just stale and Good defenses, which they're going to see in the playoffs, are they're not going to have issues with it. Yeah, um, I think this is a big. The, who won this week may be the Indianapolis Colts. Like they look like the, the, in my opinion, the second best team besides the Chiefs. I am higher than the most, and I know like, people are still crazy about the Bills. I will say this for Buffalo: um, the Chiefs lost that or won that game with Mahomes throwing three picks. Yeah. Like they, the Dolphins have the blueprint to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They get turnovers and try to keep them off the field. The Bills have a high flying offense that can kind of stay with the the Chiefs. Right. They have that quick they can score quickly. So that is something that I, I think Buffalo has over other teams like maybe like like Indianapolis and Baltimore and Cleveland. But I just I still think there's a lot of holes on Buffalo's defense and I think the Colts are the most complete team. But I don't, I don't know if any of these four teams are going to be able to beat Kansas City. I, I, that really worried me this week is kind of realizing that maybe the Chiefs are just that good. Yeah. Like, oh, I absolutely think yeah. they're that good. Like you said, Miami forced three turnovers. Um, had a sack for, what, 30 yeah. yards? Like a 30-yard sack. Like they, they played about as good of a game defensively as you could against the Chiefs, and Lost kind of easily. Like, let's be real. That game, it was a six-point game. It was, over, like, it was over within seven minutes into the quarter. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And there was a 24-point swing in about a six-minute time, time span. Yeah. In that game. Like, it's not exactly how they can score. So, yeah. that's what actually kind of worries me about the Bills versus the Chiefs is the Chiefs also – I mean, sorry, the Bills also can't run the, run the ball. Yeah, exactly. So I, I strongly think if you're going to be – the only way to beat the Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes has to be sitting on the bench for at least 35 minutes to even 40 minutes. If Patrick Mahomes has the ball more than you do, you are going to lose that game. This offense is unlike anything we've ever seen. And the more chances that they have with the ball is the more points they score. So you need to to shorten the game, give him only five to six possessions, and he's going to score 30 yeah. points with that. That's so a, you still need to score yeah. more. But it's, it's the only formula to beat him is to have him on the bench for 35 minutes minimum. Or you're the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. It seems like the only team that could beat them. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, uh, the AFC is – like he said, you got the Chiefs at one, and then there's just a concoction of four teams. Um, that I again, I think the Colts probably give them the best shot just from the defensive side of the ball. But you know what? Who knows? A lot can change in these next three, three weeks. Um, quickly back to the uh, back to the Ravens, Bill, uh, Browns before we move on. Friend of the show, former guest Stephen Reeds, who was on a few weeks ago, he said Lamar Jackson had a, had a 99.5 QBR. Imagine if he had worn the right shoes and didn't have to poop. <laughs> <laughs> So do you think you have to go take a dump? Like, what's going on there? I don't know. It seems I, like all the 
players laughing like you got RG three and Marlon Humphrey kind of like laughing on Twitter. So like yeah. I don't know. I think I think he did, but uh, I I never understood p- professional athletes that cramp. To be honest, like yeah. what you just. You like just didn't drink water today, like yeah. cramping is strictly from dehydration. Yeah, you feel like, so you feel like it would be taken care of beforehand, like you need IVs or or anything like that, right? Like there's constantly guys putting a water bottle in your face and squeezing it at you. Like I just don't understand how a professional athlete can be dehydrated, but it happens all the time. It's always something that's kind of weirded me out. But he was in the locker room for a while. Yeah, I know. Well, like, couldn't, that's, that's, that's why I don't think he had to take thumb. I think he, I think it actually might have been cramped because he was in there for hell of a long time. He was in there for a long time for the Browns to take the lead. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, he he came in like, pretty much Superman came in and saved the day. Um, but great again, shout out to him too. Like shout out to Lamar Jackson stepping up. They needed that. Win. The Ravens needed it bigger than the Browns did, in my opinion, um, to stay alive in the AFC. So, um, shout out to them. Anyways, let's move on to. The NFC, and let's talk about uh, the storyline. The storylines of the week: the Philadelphia Eagles um, beat the New or the ten and two, well, not ten and three, New Orleans twenty four twenty one. Jalen Hurts leads the way his first start, goes seventeen thirty for one hundred seven yards and one touchdown. And the big, the big part of Jalen Hurts' game was his ability to run the football. Eighteen carries for one hundred and six yards on the ground. Eric, what did you make of his performance? I liked a lot of it. There was still something like the 17 for 30 isn't great, but he had good throwaways. You know what I mean? So the completion percentage, I don't want to harp on like crazy because I would say five times minimum at least were smart throwaways, which was something Carson Wentz was not doing. So that is, I don't want to hurt too much on that completion percentage. But running the ball, how do you not like it? Like he was, he was outstanding running the ball. It and the composure overall, I was stunned. I couldn't believe how well he played. And this was one of the games I've been most wrong about of the year. I thought that this wasn't even going to be a close. I don't think you're the only one that was wrong about this one. (laughs) A lot of the world has. And the Eagles, you got to give them credit. But the biggest takeaway for me is something to think about long-term for the Eagles is just how hard this This Eagles played that week. Like, the energy that they played with, they didn't have all year. And Mm -hmm. there was one change. So, that is almost – that's almost like not even – I don't want to make it negative about it, but there's still a lot to figure out. So, I look at it this way. I, the biggest thing I realized, he was so calm. It was like he's been there before. He's done it. He was so calm. He was so composed. It was, the stage was never too big for him. Like, he did it. Like, it was the complete opposite of what Carson Wentz looked like. Like, like we said earlier, you could see the gears that Carson Wentz head turn when he's on the field. You could see how un- like, uncomfortable he looks. Jalen Hurts looked like he was comfortable. He was calm, composed. Again, like you said, the throwaways because he was always getting rid of the ball. He never he went to one quarterback hit. And another thing, too, is Jalen Hurts was pressured on 14 times on Sunday. The Eagles gained 82 yards and took zero negative plays on those 14 pressures. Like, that's huge, in my opinion. Not not taking the negative not taking the negative plays was the was the biggest the biggest kind of upside that Jalen Hurts has toward, instead of Carson Wentz. If you're an Eagles fan and if you're kind of wondering what the future is, well, the thing is, Carson Wentz needs to stop taking the negative plays, and Jalen Hurts looks like he doesn't do that. Again, one game, but 
Like it's, I, I hate how much I kind of already like him. Um, like, again, I hated the draft pick from start, but like, as an Eagles fan, it, it makes more it makes more questions than answers now. Like, who knows what's going on long term now? There, it's a complete mess. Um, after this year, like we have no idea what's going to happen, and the next three games, I think, are still going to dictate that. But again, the biggest thing I, I took from Jalen Hurts, he was so calm, collected, and then again, what you said, um, like the the team clearly plays harder when he's on the field. Yeah, you know, like, and that's that's very that's it's not good if you're uh, if you're in, if you're Carson Wentz and you're seeing like your team kind of rally around him like this, like it's it seems like it was almost a loss in the win for Eagles fans, like and, and the whole organization. Like now what? Now what do you do? It's you know, of course you won't hurt the next three games, but like then what? What after this year? Like who knows? It's it was a that's, that's the point. The draft pick was so dumb from the start because the best offered the best possible scenario for the Eagles is if Jalen Hurts never saw the field. Like that was the scenario. Carson Wentz played amazing. Jalen's never had to play, and now he's playing. And now, now who knows? But anyways, I, I thought it was great for start for him. And the, he, the kid's twenty two years old. He's still so young, and it just how calm and collected he was was really was was really good to see. But again, there's still a lot of holes in this game. His arm strength really worries me. He had uh, there was one play where they could have been a pick six. The Saints guy dropped it. Like, and he just says you can't. He can almost see. You can almost see the ball like. When it's sewing inside the numbers, so it's got that Lamar Jackson kind of vibe to it, where you can see it doesn't have enough arm strength to get there. You kind of wait. There's a guy going to come pick six, eight, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't have the arm strength. Um, so again, tons, tons of uh, tons of areas of improvement for the kid, but it, all in all, an encouraging first start. And <laughs> the, the one of the funniest things about this is the Eagles are still in the playoff race. Yeah. After- they play the Arizona Cardinals, which you want the Cardinals. You need oh, to, yeah. you're, the Bears need the Cardinals loss, right? So you're going to be an Eagles fan next week. Um, yeah. And so I was taking a look at the schedules in the NFC East, so how it's going to play out. Washington um, had like one and a half on the Eagles and one on the Giants. Washington Seattle next week, then Carolina, then in Philly to end it. Giants play the Ravens and Steelers, I believe. Uh-huh. I think Ravens Steelers and then I think Dallas, or I can't remember the last game. Eagles play Cardinals, Cowboys, Washington. The Eagles have the easiest schedule of all those three teams. But they have, they have the game ground before they play Washington. So these next two games, they got a game ground. Well, in the next two games, they might be rolling with Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a good point. So Alex Smith might be the starter. So who knows? Like, this, that's what's wild about this whole thing is like that win put them back in this, in this stupid NFC's playoff race, which, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Washington is the best team in the division, in my opinion, still. But yeah, but if they don't have a quarterback, yeah. they're not. Yeah, exactly. Um, Who knows? I thought the Giants can. Comp- uh, yeah, we'll get into that in a bit. But all right, let's jump into buy or sell here. Or was would you rather? We'll start with would you rather? Would you rather? Yeah. Okay. So first one is a long term type. Would you rather for the rest of their career? Would you rather have Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen? Josh Allen, in my opinion, he looked so good. Against Pittsburgh, just man, he, he's got that Mahomes kind of. Uh, I guess they both can, but out of the pocket, able to throw like on a mm-hmm. dime with, with his arm strength. Like Josh Allen can zip it, and just the progress I've seen from him in three years is remarkable. Brian Dayball and Ken Dorsey, quarterback coach Ken Dorsey, and office coordinator Brian Dayball, they deserve a ton of credit. And of course, a ton of credit to Josh for working hard. I, I like, I'm starting to really fall in love with Josh, like the way he's a hard nose, no nonsense guy. You hear his pregame speech too when he was like, "Don't let you dance on the logo. Like we're gonna come up." I like that kind of 
around a quarterback. Leadership. I think I'd go Josh because of the size um, and his arm strength. And but they're we're almost a little bit similar and uh, not exactly similar, but they kind of have similar traits. And the, and the other thing too, what I realized yesterday is Lamar looks like a big injury waiting to happen. I'm surprised he's been able to stay healthy for long. I'm worried about his durability going forward, but I feel like Lamar has a lot of work to do to get to a top five quarterback. Josh does. Maybe Josh is already a top five quarterback. He probably already is. But yeah, I'm going to go with Josh. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I'm going Josh Allen as well. Um, Lamar Jackson is such a dynamic talent, but there's every time he runs, there's always something in the back of my head like, oh, he's one hit away. Yeah, exactly. And Josh Allen, when he runs, he actually injured the other team. Yeah. Huge. He's a monster. Yeah, it's crazy how big he is. Like yeah. Athletic. Yeah. He's, he's got all the traits. Yeah. Um, and actually, something that I kind of thought about today that nobody really talks about is he doesn't really have wide receiver weapons but he's never I don't think he ever is going to because no free agent's going to sign up to catch passes from him because their offense is so run heavy wide receivers with egos are not going to sign up to catch passes one to two times a week it just doesn't do it and Marquise Brown they drafted I'm not that crazy about him um, but they're, they're going to only get receivers through the draft. Yeah. And I, I just wonder how motivated wide receivers are to play with a guy like him. Yeah. I think long-term, that kind of hurts them. Yeah. And I, I just, like you said, I like everything about Josh Allen right now. I completely agree. All righty. So, would you rather for the rest of this season have the Bills defense or the Steelers defense? Steelers defense, um, just because of T.J. Watt. Um, in my opinion, I still think they have a good pass rush. Uh, I, I, I'm not a big fan of Bills defense. I think they have a huge holes on the run defense that I think is going to come back to bite them at some point in this year. Um, I, I think the Steelers defense is they've had it, like I said, they've had a rough patch. But again, like it's not like Washington lit them up. I know Buffalo did, but they were kind of due for maybe a little bit of a stinker on defense. And I, I still think TJ Watts arguably the best player um, on those both those defenses. So I'm going to go with Steelers. Yeah, I just. I'm going Bills, and it's just the Steelers' defense just keeps getting more and more banged up. Um, if they both units are fully healthy, it's Steelers in a slam dunk. But I thought that Joe Hayden being out last game really, really exposed them. Stephon Diggs got whatever he wanted. Yeah. So they need Joe Hayden back. Something fierce, but – if Joe Hayden's kind of like that's what you're open for you back and yeah, yeah like they're like they both of these defenses are like they're both of them could come back to bite these teams later. Yeah, yeah. but also with the Bills defense, I'm getting Sean McDermott. That's and true. I think he when when it all the all the marbles are in and games on the line, I trust that guy to come up with something. Mm-hmm. So I'm going Bills. Um, all right. Would you rather have in their prime, Justin Tucker, or in his prime, <coughs> Devin Hester for your this one. This one. I'm try, I was trying to think of somebody to compare Justin Tucker to, and I was like, huh, who's the best special teamer of all time? There's obviously no kicker even in his bracket. Yeah, but like the best. I think the best special teams player of all time is Devin Hester. So, who would you rather have? I think I would go Justin Tucker just from the reliability standpoint. Um, 
just not having to worry about a kicker for 20 years, I think is a huge bonus. But like, how can you say no to having to Devin Hester on your team? Like one of the most exciting players in NFL history. I think I would have to go Tucker, but like I hate I would hate to say that. Devin Hester yeah. my favorite football t- player of all time. But I'm still taking Justin Tucker. Yeah. That is how good this guy is. That was a drill back kick. Like he's, he's automatic. Yeah. Like, he's a definition of a weapon. Like yeah. anything from under 55, even 60 yards. Like yeah. just confidence. Move on to the next possession. Yeah. Like, hitting it. Exactly. The comfortability factor of um like on your like as an owner or a GM knowing you don't have to worry about your yeah. kicker. Exactly, yeah. and as since we since the Bears lost Robbie Gold, I've worried about a kicker every year. Yeah. So, but one thing I will give Devin Hester a little bit of credit is that you can't look at his stats and like his just his touchdowns and yards to know how much of an impact he had on the game. Was how many times another punter kicked the ball out of bounds? Only like a 25, 30 yard punt because they were scared of Devin Hester just getting his hands on the ball, like. You, that's not in any box score. He had such an impact on the game more than just his touchdowns. But, yeah. but that's yeah, a good point. Justin Tucker just outrageous. And also, Hester kind of got screwed when they moved the kickoffs to 35 yard line. Yeah. When kickoffs were at the 30 and he was getting kick returns as well. Oh. The kickoff, and, and the kickoffs is like it's just not as impactful in, in games anymore. They right. spend like what, touchdowns all year? Yeah. Yeah, and even yeah. that, there was another scenario where teams were so scared of him. They would always yeah. squib it, get the ball at the 40 rather yeah. than Hester touching it. Yeah. But all right, another another would you rather similar type question. In his prime, would you rather have Travis Kelsey or Gronk? I go prime Gronk. Prime Gronk tight end I've ever seen. The best football player in general I've ever seen. He was just so dominant. Um, but man, Travis Kelsey under under the radar player this year. Oh, and like he's such a big difference in his offense. It seems like he's scoring a touchdown literally every week. Like, yeah. literally every week is in the end zone. He's yeah. on pace to statistically pass Gronk in, in mostly everything. But the thing that made Gronk so amazing to me was how good of a blocker he was yeah. as well. He was basically an extra offensive lineman or your best weapon as a receiver. Like, pick whatever you wanted him to do that play. He was going to be better than the guy he was going up against. Mm-hmm. So I'm going. We'll never see anybody that dominant again. But Kelsey's quietly put together quite a few years. That's now, like just this year. Like he's this is probably on pace to have his best season as a pro at the age of 31. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And quite underrated stat. He has the most catches for first downs in the NFL this year. He has more than any wide receiver as a tight end. That's crazy. Um, okay, would you rather? Have your team have one guaranteed Super Bowl, but you miss the playoffs for 10 straight years? Or would you rather make the playoffs for 10 straight years, but you don't have a guaranteed Super Bowl? If you have 10 shots at a Super Bowl, but you don't know if you're going to get it. Now, this, I, the, this question is like, are you the GM or are you a fan? Like, fan. You know, are you a fan? Like, yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like if you make the playoffs for 10 straight years, it'd be pretty hard not to cash in on one. Has there been a scenario? Like, has a team made the playoffs for that long? Like, I'm, 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 I'm yeah. 
The yeah. biggest thing you can look at the, is if you've won once, you've missed the playoffs for 10 straight years, is the New York Giants. Like they, I think they made the playoffs twice in the past 12 years and they've been the Super Bowl both times. Yeah. You know what I, mean? so I think that's a comparable there. So I'd probably get the Super Bowl, but yeah, 10 years is a long time to kind of not make it. And like, it's Those 10 years yeah. are tough. Exactly. When you get the one glory year, but the 10 making the playoffs, it's such a hard one. I don't know. It's, yeah. you know, I'm going yeah. the 10 straight making the playoffs just because you have 10 years where you know your team's a threat and in the action. Like, if your team's make not making the playoffs for 10 years, like, that's a decade where you're irrelevant just yeah. for that one. But, I, yeah, <laughs> it's tough, but I think I'm taking the 10 straight playoff appearances. All righty, let's move on to buy or sell. Buying or selling? Derrick Henry will reach 2,000 rush yards this season. So I was taking a look at the defenses he's playing. So you you, you put it out, too. He's got Detroit, Green Bay, and Houston. So Houston's 28th in rush DVOA. Detroit is 25th in rush defense DVOA. And Green Bay is 23rd in rush defense DVOA. So he's playing, again, like it, rush defense DVOA. It's hard to tell, but they're all they're going to – all three of those defenses are bottom-tier rush defenses, basically. Um, so he's able to do it. Tennessee needs the wins down the stretch here. They're fighting for their kind of the division. So you're going to get a heavy dose of, of Henry every single game. You know they're going to be running on him, especially down the stretch. That's how they, they run, had the run of the playoffs last year. And then they were great because they, they were used Derek Henry as a closer almost and, and wearing guys down. I'm going to buy it. I think he goes on a crazy run these last three games. Yeah. yeah. So he needs 470 yards in those three games. So and that like 150. Yeah, just over 150 a game. I'm going to pencil him in for an easy 200 versus Houston. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just watching the Bears rip off an 80-yard yeah. run against that defense. Their run defense is dreadful. So, yeah, I, mean, I think he gets I think he gets the 2,000. And then I think it's kind of quiet, though, like that a guy has a legitimate shot at 2,000 yards and not really being talked about. Yeah. But, all right. Buyers, Joe Judge. Cost the Giants their shot at the playoffs by starting Daniel Jones. So I feel like if Jones was healthy, he was the right call. Like you had to go back to him. Like he's your franchise guy. You draft him sixth overall. You put a resource and you put time, effort. How much effort you put into Colt McCoy, right? You have to go with that guy. However, I think Colt McCoy gives this team the best chance to win right now. Like, yeah. I, that's not crazy. like am I crazy here? Sunday. Yeah. It was I can't believe that Daniel Jones started this game. He couldn't move. So I didn't watch it. It's, it's, like I didn't see oh, it. Either. I don't know. It was awful. You got sacked I like eight times, I think, five of them by Reddick. But he was he was so immobile and he couldn't even do anything in the pocket. It was it was so clear that he should not have started that game, in my opinion. And I'm buying it. I think he just he cost them a shot at the playoffs by he said in the media the week he's like we're gonna let Daniel decide if he uh, if he wants to go. See, like, what players gonna say? <laughs> gonna say no? I can't play. Like, Jones wants to be out there, but it's your job as a coach to evaluate in a week of practice. Who gives your chance the better? Who gives your team the best chance to win? And it clearly was not Daniel Jones this week. Yeah, like McCoy. Like who did they just beat like before? It's off the top of my head here. They just upset. Yeah, yeah like he just came off a big one against Seattle. I feel like if there was any sort of sliver of doubt that Jones wasn't 100%, then you got to go back to McCoy. But like I said, if he was healthy, he was like no sliver of doubt. Then yeah, 
yeah. So if he's not healthy, then and yeah, I agree with you. That what kind of what kind of comment is that? We're going to let him decide. Yeah, coach, you're you're hired to make these calls, exactly. not Daniel. It's like he's the quarterback. You're the head coach. Yeah, yeah. And Joe, like this team, they look terrible too. Like I watched some highlights. I didn't watch the whole game, but like score even says two, and the the the, the box. Oh, like it was it was a whip. It was an ass Yeah, the Angels couldn't do anything. It was it was the wrong call, but. Anyways, moving on. Buy or sell. Chase Young is a top three edge player right now. Buying it all day long. He was so good against the 49ers. You know, Washington scored off as a touchdown and they won, like, what was it, 20? They won, they put up 24 points or something like that. Without even scoring off as a touchdown, 23 15. That's pretty remarkable. Chase Young was the best player on the football field in that game, bar none. Like, there wasn't, like, out of both teams. Even some of the plays he was making, like that one sack where he dropped back into coverage and then, like, just kind of sat and Mullins for a second and then just went at him from like eight yards away and got it got to him in like under a second. Some of the plays he makes, he basically single handedly like, put up 14 points for this team. He had that strip, he had the strip sack, and then he had the fumble, he had the fumble return for a touchdown. Like, he was all you know, he's making plays. You can tell that uh, he's developing as he goes, like, you can tell, like, there's being made from like just in a just as a just as a football player in general, like he was very he was raw a little bit going into the year. He, he always had the talent, but you could tell like they're progressing with him very well. Like, and he that good in my day. I'm buying it. Yeah, I'm I'm selling it for now. I have him top five. I don't have him top three yet. But I've if we were to have this conversation a year from now, I put my money that he is top three, maybe yep. even the best. But right now, I still I still have Khalil Mack, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, and Joey Bosa ahead of him for this year. So I have him in that five hole. But the future is so bright for this guy. It's gonna like, be him and Miles Garrett might be in the next six, seven years. Like there's some yeah. like the amount of edge talent. Like there's a yeah. lot of edge talent coming out. And I think there's like even this draft, like in 2021, there's a couple guys you got the guy from Michigan and you got Rousseau as well. Like there's some guys coming out of college this year that yeah. um that it's it's a very, very competitive position, yeah. I, but for him to be in my top five as a rookie is, says it's, something about him, and I think the sky is the limit. For all right, guy. you got to get Washington some credit here now. It's time, Warnsby. There's their, their top five defense, man. Like, their they, defense is legit. They yeah. had 11 swat bolts yesterday. Yeah. Like, is it, that's crazy. Yeah, you're good buddies with Nick Mullins now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Nick Mullins was dreadful. I, I, and I – the 49ers again. Yeah. Did, you, did you touch that game? No, no I, I did, and like, I, and I knew it was dumb. But like, yeah, the, I texted like, why can't the 49ers figure out a better quarterback than Nick Mullins? Like you said, they already had Jimmy G, but damn, like he was, yeah. he was terrible. Um, the 49ers are definitely there's going to be a little bit of a, a blow up in that in that offense. Um, going into next year, Depot Samuel's been very disappointing for the 49ers as well this year. He's not been the guy that they thought they had yeah, in the first year. You're right. Washington's yeah. defense completely dominated that yeah. game, and that's it's been a few weeks in a row now yeah. for that defense. So I'll give him some credit. Yeah. Um, the New England Patriots will not win the AFC East for at least five straight years. So I'm gonna sell it, but I, I think like there there could be one year in between those five. Like it's very hard to win the division five straight years. Like do you know the yeah. NFC? Yeah, like, not when like yeah, sorry, like to have like to not be in contention for five straight years. Like if you look at other divisions, like the NFC South and I think the AFC, the NFC East. Um, I could be wrong about the NFC South. That I may might have ended last year, but both those divisions have had a new winner since two thousand. Like yeah. every single year, right? Like, there's a lot. It's hard to sustain success in the NFL. Like it's just hard, right? 
Um, unless you're the New England Patriots, you did yeah. it for 20. Uh, they won 19 to 20 AFC yeah. title. Right there. So I think they, they could probably win one, but there's there's definitely a lot of work to do on that team. And I think Thursday night proved it. Like they, they've got a lot of work to do. Cam Newton is clearly not the guy. And if there's any if there's any argument he was, he's not. Um, I feel like they should give Jared Sidham the next three starts and see kind of maybe what you have in the kid. Like they he would have started by now if they actually think he might have had something right. as well. So that's a good thing. I'm, I'm gonna s- I'm going to buy it. I don't think they win the AFCs for five years. And it's not only to do with their roster and where they are as a team. Is look at this division all of a sudden. Part of the reason the Patriots won 19 out of 20 division titles was just complete and utter ineptitude from the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets. They all were trash for 20 years. <laughs> Now yeah. all of a sudden you, you have Trevor Lawrence in the division. I didn't even think about that. Now you yeah. got, not only with the Jets, yeah. you got Josh Allen in Buffalo, Tua in Miami, and Trevor Lawrence That's in New York. Great way to look at it. Yeah. They aren't going to have the best quarterback for any of those five year next five years. So I'm buying it. I think it's uh, I think it's hard times coming in New England. What does New England do to quarterback? Like what would you do? Like they're going to be picking between ten and, and nineteen, eighteen, right? So you're not getting a top. Yeah, they're, they're not getting one of the big four. Yeah, unless, unless, you're gonna make, unless you make a big investment in one, kind of like what the, the Eagles did with Wentz, um, you trade up. But Belichick is not going down that route, in my opinion. No. He's probably got a three-year window here, and he's probably like, hey, I'm out of here. Um, so, yeah, maybe the next question you're going to ask is going to lead into this. Uh, yeah. Buy or sell. Yeah. Matt Stafford has played his last game in Detroit. He's hurt, right? He's not playing. Doubtful for this uh, coming Sunday. And the position that they are in right now, you almost got it from, hey, buddy, yeah. this one out yeah. draft pick here. Yeah, they, they, need a, they need a top pick, and they need to hit on it. Like, whoever's coming in, uh, whoever's going to be the next GM, he's got a lot of pressure on his hands. Like, they, they got to flip this around. I was actually taking a look at their cap numbers today and just like the, the Detroit Lions kind of overall what what they're going to look like next year. They're they're not the guys are coming in it's going to be a, it's going to be a little bit of a rebuild team. Like they they're not they're, they have some bad contracts on that roster. Like it's not an easy fix Detroit, but yeah. one of the, the one of the easy fixes and they can do that kind of help to speed up this rebuild is trade Matt Stafford. Like you got to get him off the books. His contract's not bad, but you can get a first round pick from my opinion. I think yeah, so. like people jump at the fact Back to get him. He's only what thirty-two years old. I think he's still got a lot of good football left. He uh, he wasn't been hit a lot like the, the past past few years, so it's not like he's been severely banged up. Um, I, I would if I'm the 49ers, the New England Patriots, Chicago Bears. Like, there's a bunch of teams that are going to need quarterbacks this year, and I think they would take a Matthew Stafford for twenty-five million dollars a year for the next three years. That's what his contract lines up as. And yeah, if you can get a first round pick for him, then you have to get a new GM coming in. You have to do that. So yeah, I'm buying. It. I don't. Like he might again. He might come back and play another game this year somehow. I don't know, but I think he's gone. He's gonna be gone. Yeah, so do I. I'm buying it as well. And I'm gonna throw another team in the mix that you didn't mention, where I think the perfect landing spot for Matt Stafford is Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's another one. They have three dynamic wide receivers that I think that that offense can be taken to another level. If you get a gunslinger in there with those three guys. Fix Eric Eve on a tight end because he's a mess. I don't care. Drop so many passes. Yeah, um, Steelers in general got to fix their drop issues. But I, I would love to see Matt Stafford in a Steelers uniform next year. I think that really 
takes that team to the next level. I agree. Anyways, guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Um, we are back later this week. We're going to do a breakdown of the next, next few weeks. Who's going to make the playoffs? Who's not? What matches would we like to see? What are we looking for? Last three weeks, we're going to be gearing down for we, we're already week 15. Morning is coming up. Um, and this is this is kind of the year or time of the year where you figure out who's real, who's not, and we're going to kind of break it all down. And we'll talk to you later this week.